0: We're not gonna do the intro thing like we normally do, but um, so I wanted to bring up the uh, we started back with D and D. I'm not DMing now; I'm actually just playing. Uh, Alan, mold roommate, is DMing, and we were kind of reluctant to begin with with him uh, being the DM. Um, so this is like a
1: this is a sort of a huge refresh. Like yes, you're, you're abandoning your entire other story; you're completely starting over. Yes, new characters, new world, new everything. Well,
0: it's the same world. Uh, Basically, here's what's happened. Um, Our first characters, we all played a good amount uh, of of our first characters. Um, And we were in a mercenary group, an adventurer's guild called the Fallcrest Falcons.
1: Right. Are there any planeswalkers in this story?
0: There is no planeswalkers in this one. We dealt with them in the first one. Yeah. Um, And this is about 20 years later. Uh, the Falcrest Falcons has grew to be a a well known adventurers guild in in the on the, in the land and um we're the third generation of uh of uh, falcons so um i'm playing a rune priest dwarf um rune priests are, are kind of like a tank uh, a little uh, a bit like a healer at the same time they have a bunch of abilities that can buff uh Your allies, you know, give them better attack power. Also, give them better defense, Um, and they also have a few healing abilities. Um, And we got we got a whole big band of of characters. And Alan, our DM, he since it was close to Halloween, he wanted to give us like a kind of like a monster story to begin with. And um, we were fighting vampires. We 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 came into a town that was overrun by vampires, and they were kind of like uh basically just just taking over the town we tried saving a few people and uh we were, we killed a bunch of vampires and then we eventually ran into this human who was crazy strange uh, character and he said he knew where the vampire lord was um and we didn't trust him uh basically what alan did was create renfield from dracula and we all kind of got wise to that. And we were like, he said he wanted us to follow him. I'm like, look, I'm kind of like the leader. I'm, I'm supposed to be the, the one that's been there the longest. Uh, and I was like, I don't trust this guy. I want to take my mace and hit him in the knee and tell him to tell us where the vampire lord is instead of us following him. Because he's probably leading us into a trap. So Alan's like, "Okay, roll." I rolled. I rolled a twenty. He says, "Okay, you hit him in the kneecap, and his fucking leg like just jettisoned off into the distance because you <laughs> rolled a twenty, and now he doesn't have a leg, and you have to drag him everywhere you go." <laughs> and it was shit like that. And I mean, I, he got into it, and I, we were all surprised that he actually really got into it. Um. Hmm. It, it was fun. We, uh, we, we rid the vampires of the town. Now we got to go to their, their.
1: Wait, you rid the vampires of the town? Like you helped out the vampires? No, no, to get no rid we, of a town.
0: We, we rid the town of the vampires, excuse <laughs> me.
1: because oh, that was also going to be an awesome story.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we just, we decided to help the bad guys. Now, um, we, uh, we, we killed all the vampires there. Uh, um, and anybody who was attacked, we unfortunately had to kill or burn their bodies because, well, they can turn into vampires too. Uh, and now we're going after the vampires layer, the den uh, or nest, if you will, if you go by supernatural. Um, but we're waiting until daylight to do that. And uh, that's where we left off. But it was, it was fun. i like, like I said, we were, Alan has always been more of a player. Alan's that guy who makes that character who everybody hates because he's too overpowered.
1: Yeah, I remember there was some issue where he got called out by some judge for having abilities that he wasn't supposed to have at his level.
0: <laughs> yeah. Was that him? That was him, right? That's Alan, yeah. He, he, had, he had a sword mage that was just... It, it was to the point where he didn't even have to roll for anything. He was just so high in his stats that he could just do anything. And I'm like, Alan, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, and I was trying to DM then. And I was like, this is a nightmare. So he, he was like, yeah, I'll DM. I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? Cause this is a lot of work, but we actually had a good time. He let us basically do whatever the hell we wanted to, you know, he was just like, you know, what do you want to do? You know, And, um, it, it was really cool because we, we set up this whole lore where, um, so we're the fall Crest falcons. It, it carries a lot of weight that name does. And, uh, um, like we you know we're the third generation of guys and we had this newcomer who was Chris our, our friend Chris and he um he, this was kind of like his first mission as a falcon uh but he's kind of like the golden child because he is the adopted son of the one of the founding members of the Falcrest Falcon and uh he thinks he his shit doesn't stink <laughs> and so he he plays the character like that um, and it, it, the funny thing is his adopted father was his past character. <laughs> and so I was like, this is just bullshit. You know? And we all play it off like that. Like, I I, I get into it and I'm, I'm really dumb. We make a bunch of jokes and stuff like that. But I, I have a rune priest dwarf who uses a Boston accent. So I, I talk the entire time with a Boston accent and everybody finds that hilarious. So, um, it, you know, it's it's really dumb, but it's it's fun at the same time. I wish we could record it because I think it would be kind of funny for everybody to listen to, you know, especially us just sitting around and, you know, playing D&D, you know, drinking some beers. It, it's, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, and I'll, I'll say it on the podcast here, there is a podcast that's not affiliated with us at all, and I love listening to it. It's called Crit Juice, uh, and it's about a bunch of of – I wouldn't say well-known actors. I had I honestly never heard of them before, Um, but they're a bunch of actors that live in Los Angeles, and they play D&D, and they get shit-faced and play D&D. And these guys are fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been listening to them for a long, long time. They go through this entire campaign. They're really funny. They're really nerdy. Um and uh, actually, they've kind of got hit it big because the past few sessions, they've invited a well-known actress that, Matt, you are a fan of. Claudia Black has been joining them.
1: Oh, no shit. Yeah. I've been watching her recently, actually. I've been watching the last couple seasons of Stargate again. Well, there you go. Because why not watch them for like a seventh time? <laughs>
0: But yes, yeah, she's been joining them in the in the, the last few episodes. But seriously, I highly suggest crit juice to everybody out there. They're really mm-hmm. funny, especially if you want to try and get into D and D. Their DM is fucking amazing. Like he is he is he he does things so so smart. And uh he's he's very imaginative. And that's really great for a, a DM to be. Uh but they have rules, like house rules, like anytime somebody rolls a crit or a crit fail, they all have to drink. And by the end of each episode they're fucking shit faced. <laughs> so it's uh it's it's really good. But anyway, hey everybody. Welcome to uh Phoenix Down, episode number 31.2. Uh I wanted to share my D&D anecdote, so that's why you heard that to begin with. Um I am joined by Matt Quinn. Hello. Uh Matt may sound slightly different. He is using his cell phone to record this because his internet sucks. Yeah.
1: That's a that's an understatement.
0: Yeah. I but uh we are going to power through this. We are finishing up Resident Evil remake for the Nintendo GameCube and Nintendo Wii. Um I can't remember what we last time we left off. I think we were going toward plant 42. Yep. Yeah, it was basically right after we took out Neptune. Yeah. Where we stopped. Um as far as far as this goes uh obviously I'm gonna have to skim some of this uh did you create the the v jolt uh the chemical that can kill plant forty two No, you just shot it. I just shot it. That's <laughs> what I did too because I was like, then yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's all this chemical. I'm not. A, I'm not a chemist, so no. And plus, I was going by the fact, and I was like, the fact just says kill it. So okay, I just did that way. Um, but basically, what we're trying to do this entire time is get the the helmet key. Uh, and eventually, you, the helmet key just happens to be in the same room where the plant 42 is. huh. of course. So um, get the helmet key. Go back to the mansion. We get that infamous cutscene of some creature running through the the courtyard and stuff like that and coming through the door and, oh, it's a hunter. Yeah, that still haunts me. Like, (laughs) from when I first played this game,
1: you know, there's the dogs crashing through the windows. Yeah. You know, there's a number of individual scenes, but that first-person view, the way it implies something that's so quick and so, like, agile to be able to – fly over that much distance in the span of like four seconds yeah that that was intimidating back then and one of the weird things about this game is that you know it looks the way I remember the game looking uh-huh even though obviously playing the ps1 version doesn't look anything like this game but it, you know in my mind so much time had elapsed that that cutscene seemed exactly like I remembered it and it like sent a shiver down my spine I'm like oh man they're they're back.
0: Yeah. So the hunters take over pretty much every room where a zombie was. Um, kinda. I mean, it, you won't run into as many hunters as you would zombies. Uh, but they are there, and uh, there you, you will run into multiple at a time if you're not careful.
1: And there are still zombies as well.
0: Yeah, and there's still mm-hmm. zombies running around too. Um, the hunters. If you're about two swipes from them, and you're already in the caution. Yeah, uh, And if you are in the orange caution, they can one-hit kill you. Well, they can at any time, right? If they get you right on a jump, I th- they can take your head off? I think, I, th- I still think you need to be damaged. I don't think you can be at completely full health and have a one-hit kill on you. Okay. I think you still have to be damaged for that. Um, luckily, I'm pretty good at getting out of the way of those fuckers. Uh, I, I, I was surprised. I was thinking, man, these guys are going to corner me constantly. I'm just going to get screwed. But to be honest with you, for the remainder of the game, I did a really good job of dodging and weaving, man. Because I, I, I'll be honest with you. When I finished this game, I probably had like 40-something shots of the shotgun. And... The, I'll be honest with you, the, the friggin' uh, flamethrower was completely useless. Yeah. Um, did you get a flamethrower? I did not. Okay. I get the grenade
1: launcher instead of the flamethrower. See,
0: that thing's really useful. Or
1: at least yeah. I, I, I
0: always thought it was.
1: I wouldn't have been able to finish the game without it, because I did not have 40 extra shotgun shells. I mean, I I did take out most of the hunters, mm-hmm. or most of the ones that I thought I might encounter again. Yeah. Um. And, but... Yeah, I used all of my ammo that I found in the game until the very very end when they kind of overload you a bit for the last fight.
0: That's true. They they really do. Um so we had to go through the um the mansion one last time to open up all the the doors with the uh, the helmet emblem on it. Um I got a few cutscenes. Um one in particular was with um Rebecca, I opened a door and was going to get something from a room, and I heard her scream, and it was coming from upstairs. So I had to run upstairs. She was cornered by a hunter, and she was really, like, cowering in the corner. Um, And I was thinking, I know this game came out before Resident Evil Zero, but mm-hmm. since I've played Resident Evil Zero, I'm like, Rebecca has fought so much shit already. She surely to God she knows, she knows better than to get the jump than get be get jumped by a friggin' hunter and and is cowering in a corner somewhere. You know, I mean that that was the thing that got me. I mean, granted that this game came out before Resident Evil Zero, so, so I guess she technically wasn't a badass until after Resident Evil Zero. But you know, just going, just thinking back to it, me personally, I was like, "Really? You you got cornered by a hunter and you're screaming and wanting somebody to come help you when you have a gun, you can shoot this guy." (laughs) So I was just, I don't know, that that kind of just irked me a little bit, even though it shouldn't have. Um, so um, I I got that. Uh, I did run into Wesker a couple of times.
1: Yep, I had some interactions with Barry and Wesker.
0: Yeah, yeah, you got Barry running around with you. Yeah. Uh, um. Ultimately, we're getting these crests. And uh, eventually, I get all the crests. We're trying... Yeah, it's God. a bit of a collectathon
1: here. I'm getting jewels, I'm getting MO discs, I'm getting crests. I'm still getting keys.
0: Yeah. So the... It, it's a really weird collection of things. Ultimately, we have to get these two crests. And not only do you have to get a crest, you also have to create one. And I'm getting the, like you said, the MO discs, which I, I've just been throwing in the box because I have no idea what to do with them. Yeah. Um, and I eventually got this, created that crest, and I was like, okay, what do I do with this thing? I had no friggin' clue. I was running around this entire mansion. I swear. I'll, so do you mean the
1: crest with like the uh, the stone? It's like hexagonal, and it's got the stone on the outside and the umbrella logo in the middle.
0: Yes. Okay. So there was one that that was identical to that that we used to get to the courtyard area. Yeah, to get to the shed. First. Yeah. I didn't realize I'm supposed to pick that fucker back up. Yeah, I don't think they ever mentioned that. <laughs> That, that's the thing that I never, that, that never crossed my mind. I was like, I've used that. I don't need to touch it again, but no, you have to go pick that up and turn off access to the courtyard again.
1: Yes. You have to know that you're
0: done with that whole section of the game. Exactly. And since like, you're not going by a fact I was then said, this is spoiling all the scares for me. I quit going by the fact I was, I ran around this fucking mansion. I swear to God for an hour. Saying, "What the fuck do I do with this one crest?" And finally, I looked at the fact and said, "Oh, you have to use the two crests on the door yeah. that's behind the, the main staircase in the mansion." I was like, "I fucking totally forgot those fucking doors back behind there." Huh. In fact, I had forgot to even run or, uh, you know, run to the back of the freaking stairs. Like yeah, I, they make I, you that one time, right? Right at
1: the beginning of the game, they made me, and they said, why don't we check around the main hallway? Or I don't know if they made me do it, but basically I, I stood around, nothing happened. You know, I went a little bit up the stairs, came back down, nothing happened, and then I went around that back area. And then as
0: soon as I came out to the front, it had tr- triggered a cutscene. Yeah, no, it didn't do that for me. Because when I got back to the main hallway, everybody was gone. And Jill's gun was laying there. Hmm. So I, I did not... I totally forgot that there were there were doors back there. <laughs> um and then I after it said, "Oh, you have to go back and get the crest that opens up the courtyard." I was like, "Man, I never would have figured that out." I was like, "How the fuck did I figure this out when, you know, back in 2002?" Yeah. I, I was like I, apparently I did somehow, so um but uh yeah, but we opened that door. Uh before we open that door, we hear a a scream and and a moan and stuff like that and that can only signify one thing and uh I go in and Wesker is there, and he is fighting off the our nemesis, which is uh lisa trevor uh he's he's shooting her and um this fight is actually pretty easy, but before we get into that. Matt, something kind of major happens here, doesn't it, for you? Um,
1: what are we talking about here?
0: We're talking about Barry.
1: Are you talking about when we're in the catacombs and we see Lisa? And when Barry fucks me over?
0: I thought that happened during the fight. Didn't he show up during the fight, too?
1: Yeah, he shows up during the fight and pulls his gun on me. But really fucking me over is when he just hightails it out of there and leaves me down there to rot.
0: Does he say anything to you? Um, Can you remember?
1: <laughs> I don't know that he said anything. I know... I know that she said we'll get into it, and then Lisa Trevor shows up, and then that's it, and the fight happens, and he's just standing there. And then I went back over to talk to him, and he's like, oh, why don't you go on ahead? I'm like, we got un- unfinished business here, man. I'm not just going to go ahead. And explain yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I kind of skipped that. I-, I totally forgot. Um, In order for us to get all these crests, we had to go through the catacombs where Lisa Trevor's just running around. This is also where I get the flamethrower.
1: Yeah, because that was a pretty crazy area. I mean, I already fought. So before I got to the catacombs, the one thing that I wanted to mention was that, you know, Yawn shows up and I fight him again. Yeah. But I I feel like if anybody in this game has done a disservice, it's Yawn. For being a big-ass snake, there's no buildup the two times that he shows up. It's just, like, immediately cutscene and then immediately his head, like, comes around the corner. Yeah there's no like atmosphere building when uh, that surprised me so much in both both uh you know both appearances that he makes because that I feel like that's the kind of thing that you could take a little time now you know that this is sort of a big iconic monster in this game and you fight him in some cool areas i mean the first one's in a big library and it could have been a really cool like you hear the slithering a few times you don't know what it is and you're walking around and you see like, I don't know, like a shed snakeskin or something, and it looks too big and blah, 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 and then he busts through a window or something. But instead it's just you walk in, cut scene, there he is, and it's like you're immediately fighting him. And uh for for a game that's got a lot of atmosphere, I was surprised that they never really used any of that to build up Yawn.
0: Yeah. yeah. They um uh it, it, basically for me, it was I was walking on the top of this library area and I had to come down some some uh, ladders. It was a ladder. Yeah. And he kind of followed me down there. And he, he started circling me. And I just kept unloading on loading on it with the shotgun. Um, actually, he did not hit me once during that fight. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It was just like I just started walking. I heard a crash. And all of a sudden, here he comes. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I guess it's time to run. So, it that yeah that I, I totally forgot about that, yeah, um but then we make it we, when we make it to the catacombs, there's, an, there's i guess it's another boss fight, not really though with the one with Lisa Trevor, no the spider or the one the one with the spider, yeah, there was a a much larger spider than the ones we'd normally deal with, um it was partially in the catacombs, um because I had got the flamethrower. Um it was hanging up on a uh, it kinda like how the, the shotgun is.
1: Yeah, up on the clips.
0: Yeah. Um I picked it up, uh, a boulder come crashing down and um I, I dodged out of the way of it. Uh and then I went to the boss fight with the with the um spider, unloaded the flamethrower on it, it died pretty quickly. And then it has two little babies come out? Uh, Yeah, but I just kind of ignored those. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I have to put the flamethrower back onto the rack again. Um, What, you didn't get to keep it? No. The, he, here's the thing. You eventually find a broken flamethrower. Uh, see,
1: I got to the point with the broken flamethrower, and I don't know if we got it in the same spot. For me, it was when Barry accompanied me down to the catacombs, and then right after there, around the time we're fighting Lisa Trevor, like outside of her little catacomb area, Uh there's like a box that I can push around, set it on this little crate that goes down there, and then I crush it with a press, and there's the broken flamethrower.
0: Yeah, so I got the broken flamethrower, and by that time, I was like, you know what, I'm not going all the way back to get the real flamethrower, so fuck that (laughs) <laughs> so I just I, – I, I I saw the broken flamethrower. I was like, oh, I see what I got to do. I'm not going back. Fuck that. Because truth be told, did you actually fight Lisa?
1: No. I you just had to keep walking around and luring her because it was a big circle. Yeah. Basically, I just lured her away so that I had enough time to place the broken flamethrower and then escape out the door.
0: Yeah. So that was that was the thing. I kind of just carried the flamethrower and then said, Yeah, I'm not gonna use that anymore, and just put it in this just, just left it and went through the door. Um But yeah, that the catacomb area was another spot where I don't know if you got it, but I ran into the uh Bravo team leader. I think his name's Ricardo. I could be wrong.
1: Hmm, that sounds familiar. I don't My whole interaction there was with Barry.
0: Okay, see, Barry was obviously not there, but um, he, he he was alive, but he was holding his gun on me, saying, telling me to stay the fuck away. Um, and we're like, what the hell's wrong? And then somebody shoots him, somebody from behind oh. me.
1: No, I did have that happen.
0: Okay. Was Barry with you at the time?
1: No, not in that section.
0: Okay. Um, Somebody shoots him, and then you turn around, and the person's ran off. Um, yeah,
1: and you just get to see their boots.
0: Yeah. So, um, but yeah, after that, we get back to where I, I last talked about, which was the fight with Lisa Trevor, the final fight. Um, And it's in this area. Wesker is there with me. Where Wesker's like shooting her. Uh, and he's like, uh, help me out with this shit. And I was like, all right. So um, this fight was a fucking joke for me. Yeah, it was easy. Uh, I, I, It makes it obvious when you see, oh, there's these four pillars sitting there. And if I push them off, something happens. So I just kept dodging her and pushing those pillars off. It opens up a coffin that's in the middle of the room, which is Lisa's mother. She, she yells mommy or something like that and then jumps to her fucking death into a pit. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was easy. Um, and then Wesker stands there He says, all right, I'm going to go investigate this area right here. You, you move on. And that was it. So for you, what happened with you? Because I know that's a pretty pivotal moment for, for Barry.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty big, pretty big moment. He just pulls his gun out on me. And, uh, then I take it away from him. And, uh, Lisa Trevor shows up, and you have the option to either give it back to him or not. Uh-huh. And apparently, if you do not, he dies. Okay. But, uh, you know, and I didn't want to after he left me down there to rot and, like, took the, took the little cargo elevator back up and left me in the catacombs. But, you know, I knew in the end he was going to come around, so I gave him back his gun so he would survive. And then that, yeah, that fight's a joke because she spends her time just facing him. So you just run around and push the four boulders off, like un- uninterrupted, basically. Yeah. And then after that was when I was like, "No, we we got shit to talk about," and he's just like, "You go on ahead." I'm like, "Bullshit, I'm not going anywhere until we have a little chat." But then I did.
0: So when do you discover his secret?
1: Uh that was not till later in the okay. lab. I thought. Okay. I think.
0: Okay. Um
1: You mean the secret that they're holding his family hostage? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was later in the lab.
0: Okay. Um so I don't get any of the special shit. Um in fact I get some ridiculous shit, which I'll talk about. So we make it to the lab and uh we have to put these mode discs. That's, ultimately what we're doing is we have to go to three different levels to put mode disks in to open up a door. Uh, the mode disk machine is a, a GameCube. At least that's what it looks like. Um, but our, our running around here we see a bunch of naked zombies. Um, and uh, also these little like um, bug things.
1: The, yeah, they call them chimeras, but yeah, they're like human insects.
0: Yeah, it's like the fly. Yeah, um, good movie. Yeah, but uh, they, um, they're they running around. Nothing too really dangerous, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, they can hit you four, five, six times, but then you won't really die.
0: Yeah, uh, and it seems to me like most of them go down with probably one or two shotgun blasts, and at this point, I am just... Stack full of shotgun shells. So,
1: yeah, I was actually out of them at this time. So I fought most of these chimeras with my pistol. Oh, nice! To save, uh, to save the shotgun blasts for bigger enemies.
0: To be Their honest game. with, I I, find, I eventually just put my pistol in the box along with the ammo and said, "Yeah, I'm never using this again." <laughs> I, yeah, I, I
1: did that earlier, but then ran out of other stuff, so I had to pull it back out.
0: Yeah. So, uh. There's a few spots here that I, I would want to mention. One of them being um, uh, the the whole thing where you had to carry the fuel.
1: Yeah, the fuel capsule.
0: And you can't you can't run, otherwise it will explode.
1: See, at least there they do make that pretty clear, pretty obvious.
0: Yeah, yeah. running will make it explode. Is in big red letters. <laughs> so, uh, but the, they do that. We have to do the modest stuff. There are a few, um. A few things that you can find, like, uh, files and stuff like that, and, and a few movies that you can watch, or slideshows, I should say. Um, I
1: do still think that those little notes are my favorite part of this game in the end. After, you know, not this game, but like Resident Evil in general.
0: Yeah. They, they give the great backstory and they do it in a pretty personal way.
1: Personal and also concise. You're not reading pages of stuff, you're reading like, you know, a sentence per screen or two sentences per screen and it's five screens. So you're reading like a small paragraph. That's it. Yeah. Not like a whole page.
0: So uh, we're in this lab. We eventually find out through numerous files um, what they were doing here. This was a uh, part of a, uh, obviously umbrella, uh, a um, weapons manufacturer is umbrella originally a we- a weapons manufacturer. Yeah, my guess. I'm guessing that they they were originally a weapons manufacturer and started experimenting with with you know other kinds of weapons, you know. Um and one of them being obviously the T virus. Um and obviously bad shit happens. People get infected. And that's another thing I wanted to ask you because obviously you you know about viruses. <laughs> uh, Is the T virus is it We all know the lore of zombies. If you get bit by one, you turn into one. Um or you get infected with the virus that it has. And Resident Evil, is the T virus like is it is it infectious, like, you know, is it contagious to the air? Because it seems like through a lot of these uh, files and, and and journals and diaries and stuff like that. People just got sick. It wasn't yeah, like, that's it, true. It wasn't like but they were just bit by something.
1: There's so many experiments going on here that I don't know that they are all T virus infected, because you know, isn't there like there's G virus and P virus and
0: well, the G virus is, is mentioned in a later file in this game,
1: as well as the progenitor virus.
0: No, oh, they mentioned the progenitor virus too. Yeah. Okay. Um, but as as far as uh, I, I guess the way Wesker acted and the way some of the files were were talking, the G virus was supposed to, supposedly the true virus that they worked on. Um, but it was it was created and moved somewhere else
1: yeah and it the way the way it works in my mind is that there's so much experimentation going on in this lab, and all of the notes are vague enough that I really have no idea how these people are getting infected. They could be like they could be drugged through the air and then people are coming in and injecting them with whatever cocktail viruses that they want to inject them with i mean it doesn't I don't think that's what's happening, but it is vague enough that any they could be infected with anything and I'm sure there's a lot more in these freezers and in these test tubes than just the T virus and the G virus.
0: Yeah. So um maybe that's what happens when a weapons manufacturer starts messing around with viruses. Yeah. They just don't know what to do. So uh but yeah.
1: As a as a side note, that's why we should feel pretty okay about Ebola not going airborne is that Russia tried to make it a bioweapon in the Cold War. Oh god. It spent like decades trying to make Ebola airborne and couldn't do it. So, I mean, if, if they're dedicating millions of dollars to doing it and can't do it, then I don't think we have to worry about it just happening accidentally.
0: That's true. And uh, I think the last possible person to have Ebola in the United States was cleared. So... Oh, should,
1: I thought you said the last possible, like no one else in the country could possibly get it. No, the
0: last person who possibly had it Yeah. was cleared... He was in New York or something like that. He was a doctor.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. He was cleared, and um. I guess nobody in the United States has Ebola. Yeah. Currently.
1: <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah. Currently.
0: Yeah. So um. But yeah um. Multiple things going on. Multiple files that I found it kind of funny. Uh. Mainly because all right, yeah, Everybody knows Albert Wesker works for Umbrella. Okay, anybody who has ever watched the movies or played the video games or read anything about Resident Evil knows that your captain, the captain of Stars Alpha Team, is a sleeper cell agent that secretly works for the Umbrella Corporation. But they try and hint at this stuff in these files, like saying, oh, um, the third floor is for uh Maintenance uh garbage disposal and the prison and one of the prison guards is a wesker.
1: Yeah.
0: And then if you do the slideshow thing, because I did the slideshow.
1: Yeah,
0: it, me too. It showed a picture of all the people there. And they all look like scientists except for this one guy with slick back hair and sunglasses on. I'm like, <laughs> well who the fuck could that be? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like it's almost like a national lampoons version of Resident Evil. <laughs> I'm just like, wow! You can't be subtle about it at all, can you? There's fucking Wesker in that picture. I mean, it's just how do we know? Well, he's got the hair and the sunglasses, you know, because that's how he always he's Iceman, you know. <laughs> um, God, I, that the hit the intro to the original Resident Evil with the live action people. That guy that played Wesker. I, I, every time I see that, I'm like, God, look at that fucking. Val Kilmer Iceman right there. It just looks so dumb. It was like him just slicking his hair back and then standing there with his arms crossed with the sunglasses on. I'm like, wow, what a douchebag. <laughs> 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 but, uh, so yeah, uh, we get hints at it. Chris, uh, eventually runs back into, um, into, uh, Rebecca. She's there. Um, And she's like, I think I know what's going on here. And then Chris is like, yeah, I know what's going on, too. I got to find Wesker. So uh, we eventually go down to the prison because we're doing all these mode disc things. I call them mode disc. Some people M.O. disc, whatever. Um, And when we're down in the prison area, we see our counterpart. I find Jill Valentine in a cell locked up.
1: Yep, and crazy. I found Chris.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so that, uh that's
1: like the thing that you directly can do as soon as you input the three MO discs.
0: Because that
1: opens the door that goes down to the prison?
0: Oh, really? For for me, okay. It probably did it for me too, but my other person, like I, I, I couldn't do that because I ran into Wesker first, mm. and had to do the first fight with the tyrant. So, uh it's me and Rebecca there. And uh Wesker is there. He he gives his whole actually rather quick spiel of how the Tyrants a work of beauty and I've been working for Umbrella the entire time. Ah, you know. It it only lasted like 2 minutes. And I was like, "Man, they used to do like really big speeches and stuff." But um he's there. He turns, he she freaking shoots Rebecca. Uh yep. Uh, is Barry with you? Yeah. Okay. So he shoots Barry. Yep. Okay. Um and then he unleashes the tyrant, the tyrant <laughs> impales him through the chest with his arm uh and throws him aside. Um and then I have to fight the tyrant.
1: That's uh, another scene of the the highlight scenes that I'll never forget from this game is when it busts out of that ...giant tube
0: that it's in. Uh-huh. Oh, man. But the... Uh, the Tyrant is so well animated... ...compared to everything else in this game. <laughs> I swear, because... Uh, like, ...the camera angles that you are in this lab... ...and you see the Tyrant walk by... ...I'm like, wow, he is well animated. Like While he's walking around and stuff like that. I was like... It, ...it's like he's not even part of this game...
1: Hello? Hello? Shit, sorry.
0: Somebody called me. Oh. You need to take it? No, I don't know. I immediately hung up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, if you need to take it, go ahead.
1: No, I, I don't even know who it is. They, it's the, the tribulations of using my phone for
0: Skype, I guess. But. Okay, well, Um. I guess I will start back. Or, no, it started back. Okay, it did it on its own. So there we go. We're back. Um, but yeah, the tyrant bust out well animated. Uh, at this point I had my magnum and probably around 20 rounds. He doesn't like that magnum too much.
1: Yeah. I saved all my magnum rounds for this fight and, uh, that certainly pays off. Yeah. He goes down quick.
0: Yeah. He goes down probably about seven shots for me,
1: especially cause he takes some time to go over by Barry.
0: Uh, he, so Barry's still trying to fight him too.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think he takes out Wesker first and then walks over towards Barry. Okay. And Meanwhile, I'm like already started shooting him.
0: So yeah, Rebecca. In fact, I was looking for Rebecca uh, laying on the ground because Wesker shot her straight up. Like in, it looked like the chest, but apparently I was I was wrong. But um. Uh, I was looking for her kind of her body laying there and she wasn't laying there. Um, so I take out the tyrant and, uh, I'm getting ready to leave. And Rebecca enthusiastically shows back up, says Chris. And then Chris turns and is like, Rebecca, you're alive. And she's like, yeah. And then we go out the door and I was like, wow, that was like old school PlayStation one dialogue because <laughs> it was really bad it was just like i was like where's your gunshot wound because she was running like you know like nothing she was in full health i was like you just got shot but apparently not and the, and the way she said yeah i was like it's, it almost was like yeah and you're gonna leave my ass here to die huh and i was like oh shit but it, <laughs> it, 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 anyway we leave um and uh rebecca says well I found a way to start the self destruct system. We gotta we gotta blow up this place. Kill Oh, all the-
1: she blows it up in that story.
0: Yeah. Um so um she goes and starts the self destruct. Uh and then Chris is like, All right, I'll meet you outside. I gotta go do something first. So I go get Jill and um we go outside. We're out on the helipad uh, waiting for Brad to come pick us up. Um, Actually, no. Chris goes up first to signal a flare to have Brad come pick us up. Uh, Jill and Rebecca are holding off zombies. Uh, They come out eventually uh, whenever Brad's getting ready to, to fly down and pick us up. And then, of course, the tyrant busts through... The 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 bottom, the concrete of the floor of the helipad. And he's there. He's not happy. So, I have Rebecca, Jill, and me shooting at the tyrant.
1: Yeah, see, I think I did things in the wrong order. Because I went down and saw Chris. Mm-hmm. And then I went and fought the tyrant the first time. Okay. And then, you know, Wesker disappeared and he started the self-destruct so in my mind i'm like shit better get to the roof i got to the roof i'm there with barry no santa chris oh god so yeah he didn't make it in my game i guess i guess i left him to rot in that cell
0: oh no (laughs) but uh (laughs) that sucks um so we're shooting the tyrant i shoot him brad throws down the rocket launcher um apparently i didn't damage him good enough or something Because I shot that rocket launcher, and he fucking deflected it.
1: Yeah, if he's not, like, busy, so he has to kind of be otherwise engaged. If you just shoot it at him, he will always deflect it, I think.
0: Oh, okay. He Um, has to
1: be, like, doing something else, and then you get the scene where he explodes into, like, kibbles and
0: bits. It's real fast, too. It's like one of those where you see an explosion, like a quick explosion, and just see some giblets fall. And that was it. And that was it. I was like, wow, that's not cinematic at all. Yeah. That just that just looks stupid. And then it, it ends. I mean like we we're in the helicopter, we're flying off. Chris is sitting there. Jill put rests her her head on his shoulder. Chris looks over, sees Rebecca falling asleep in the other seat. And then we fly off into the to the sunset with you know and the Jurassic Park theme starts yeah. playing. Happily ever after. Yeah, that's that and that's it. No sign of Wesker, nothing like that.
1: Yeah, my only interface with Wesker was that he disappeared off the floor, so he clearly wasn't dead.
0: <laughs> so your ending was kind of the same, said so it was just you and Barry? Yeah. Left Chris to die, did you? Accidentally. Accidentally. I
1: thought I already rescued him.
0: <laughs> so, um, at the end you get ranked, obviously, like they do in all the Resident Evil games. Uh, what was your final play time?
1: Uh, about 14
0: hours. 14 hours? Wow, really? Mine was nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which I kind of cheated because I used the fact for probably the first three hours of that game. Or, quote unquote, the first three hours, which I did in about an hour <laughs> because I had the fact with me.
1: Yeah. So this game was a little weird for me time-wise. And the game sort of feels different. Very disparate in the two halves. Yeah. Um, But a lot of that comes down to the way I played it, which is to say I only played 30 or 40 minutes at a time until we got to that second recording. And then I got massively, horribly sick last weekend. Ooh. Uh, sickest I've been in like 10 years. Ooh. Um, And then as I was recovering a day and a half later, I just sat down and played the entire rest of the game in one sitting.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: So the game seems like it, it moves much, much faster in the second half, which I think it does. It does. Because, yeah, the whole first half, you know, there's so many... You spend so much time in the mansion, so much time wandering around, partly because... There's a lot of stuff to do, but partly because there are so many doors to explore, uh-huh. and you don't know where to go, and you don't know if the key you have is going to fit the door that you think it does. And uh, there's a lot less ambiguity in the second half. Right. It's more just do this than do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it moved a lot faster, and, and my... It probably like it took me about five and a half hours to beat the second half of the game. Uh-huh. It probably would have taken me five and a half hours to beat the first half if I had played it that way. But yeah, there, there was a lot of backtracking and a lot of I'm not exactly sure where I'm supposed to be going right now as I'm wandering around the mansion.
0: Yeah, once you make it out of the mansion, when you make it down to I say once you open those double doors behind the the stairs, it's pretty much a straight shot. Yeah. You know, you're going to go through the lab. And, and that was the thing, because I was like, all right, I'm getting to the lab part. And I was thinking, this game is broken up into basically three sections. The mansion, outside in the courtyard area, and then the lab. And I was thinking, okay, so this will be another large section. And I was like, and, and pretty soon I was already running into Wesker, and I was fighting the tire, and I'm like, damn, I'm at the end of this damn game already.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I thought the lab was much bigger than it was in... And, you know, this playthrough.
0: Yeah. That, and that was the thing. Was like, yeah. Was it? Because it's been so long since I actually played Resident Evil 1 on the PS1. I just... And then also, at the same time, I think I may be getting Resident Evil 2's lab mixed up. Because yeah. Resident, that, yeah were,
1: that's exactly what I was thinking when I was yeah, playing this.
0: Because I was like, Resident Evil 2's lab was fucking huge. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, sp- I remember spending a lot more time switching between the basements, taking elevators to B1 or B2 or B3. Yeah. And I didn't really do any of that here because I just took the stairs down, and so you know it was it was much less time to get where I was going, and the area just seemed a lot smaller. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm thinking of a different game.
0: Yeah, that, that's that's when I started thinking. I was like, man, I, this lab is not long because honestly, from from the time I went started fighting Lisa Trevor to the point I, I ended the game, hour and a half, maybe. Yeah, and I was just like, wow, that went fast. I was like, okay, well. And then, you know, nine hours, I was like, that sounds about right. So, and that was it. The game ends really fast. Yeah,
1: almost like it feels good as you're in the second half, I think. There's more things happening. You know, there's more big things happening. So, if the pace has quickened, and I think that's a good thing as far as pacing any game goes. Um, But then, I, w- I do wish they had taken a little bit of time to dwell on, like, the the Wesker reveal and fighting the tyrant at the end and
0: I don't know it it does feel slightly rushed at the end
1: yeah it feels a little too fast but you know up until the end I think that increase in speed is a good thing for the game
0: yeah because the, the the multiple times where I ran out I was like I don't know where the fuck to go that whole getting the emblems thing was was like fucking really pissing me off. <laughs> I, I I did that. It was what Sunday. So you I, mean those emblems
1: to get to the 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 door behind the stairs? Or yeah. Do you mean like the wolf and eagle? Those those are the crests.
0: The, no, the crests were whatever. I mean, I kind of just ran into them. But no, knowing what to do with those emblems, and knowing I had to go back and get the other emblem, that took I I, I wandered around the freaking mansion, almost an empty mansion. Uh, for almost an hour. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Time for the fact. And, and, and I had to do it that way. And I was like, God, how would I ever have figured that out? Cause I never went behind the stairs there. And I like, I don't even think the maps even show that there's a door there. Yeah, I'm not sure No. So I was just like, what the fuck? All right. So uh, like that was Sunday night. I was just like, what? <laughs> fuck you game. You know, I was I was really getting frustrated with it. But, you know, and after that's that That's sort
1: of the sense where it feels a little bit like the old point and click adventure games.
0: Yeah, you just got to keep going everywhere and clicking yeah. everywhere.
1: Cuz that's what I never liked about those games. Like when you get a puzzle, I'm like, "Oh, this game's awesome." But then 9 times out of 10, what's going to happen is I'm going to have four or five pieces in my inventory and I'm either not going to know that the place exists where I need to go put something. Or like I just didn't notice that something was there that I needed to pick up. Yeah, and uh, you know that's the kind of thing where if that happens once or twice, all right, maybe I just didn't get it. But when it happens so frequently, like that—that was—that's my biggest problem with those type of adventure games. So what uh, this, like this type of situation that you're describing, is a similar situation. But I think it happens infrequently enough in this game that it's not awful, especially you know considering the age of the base game. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it is incredibly frustrating when you just – you have things and you have an environment to explore, but you're just kind of aimlessly wandering.
0: Yeah. So that's Resident Evil Remake. Um,
1: It was good. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. That's – I mean, it the first time you ever played it. I mean – Yep. So would you hold it in high regard like the original –
1: I would. I mean, I think that if I were really going to try and do it justice, I would have played it in isolation with absolutely no fac and uh, no time constraints and, and what, whatever. But even considering you know those caveats, I still had a pretty good time with it. It was a lot of uh, you know remembering the high points of my original playthroughs of the first game. Um, all all the big ones that I remembered were there, and it was great. Uh, I, I I loved it.
0: Yeah. The um th- that that I think this is the best way to do a remake, um because and there's a couple of reasons. One, it looks it, it looked great. I mean, obviously you're doing you're doing a huge leap from the PS1 to the GameCube. Uh, but the other thing is, it's not a shot-for-shot shot remake.
1: Right. So there's still stuff to discover.
0: Yeah. So that that's one of these games that's like, you know, you go into it thinking I've got. Resident Evil 1 completely fucking memorized, you know, because everybody played it a shit ton when they were a kid. And then I'm like, you know, going through the GameCube version, like, when I first played this game, and I noticed there was a door past where Kenneth's dead body was whenever you first find the first zombie, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. That door was not there in the first game.
1: Yeah, that and the one halfway up the stairs that leads outside.
0: Yeah. And I was like they've changed this up i'm like this is this is almost a a brand new game you know and then then the way they they kind of they played off that you know they played off people know this game people have memorized this game let's throw in a bunch of monkey wrenches and uh, you know that is the way to do a remake they did a fantastic job with it and i think that you know are you going to pick this up again when the hd version comes out
1: Sadly, that's not the same type of remake. It's just this game HDified, right? This is true. Yeah. <sighs> if I hadn't played this game right now, I would have picked it up day one. Yeah. As it stands, I will definitely, definitely buy it, but probably wait till it drops a little bit because I got so many other games that I would love to play at the moment. Oh yeah. Then you know, you I could buy it day one, but there's no chance I'm gonna touch it for quite a while. Yeah. So I'll probably just wait. In all honesty, I will get it, but not right away.
0: Right. Yeah, that was that was the biggest thing for me. Was I was like, man, if we could only waited just a few more months, we could have done the HD version. But, um, you know, I wanted to do actually a good game for Halloween this year. You know, besides yeah. the two shitty ones we did last time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that, that, yeah I think this game still holds up. You know, yeah, even, I do too. even even on the GameCube, I think the lighting is fantastic, um, and I think that it, at first glance, if you were to look at this, this could easily have been a a a you know early three sixty game or something like that. It was it was it was impressive for the GameCube, even back then.
1: Yeah, as was well Resident Evil Four.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's it for uh Resident Evil remake. Um, I do want to say we do have an email and I'm going to uh, read it out now. I, we had it last week, but you weren't here. We did a intermission show. I want to save it for you because, um, you are my co-host and you helped me do this. And this is, uh, this is the email we got from Brandon. Uh, he said, uh, I have said it before. I will say it again. I love you guys. You and Matt make work go by so fast, but recently you guys have made, have done something even more special for me. I just broke up with my girlfriend of a year and a half. It's been really, it's really been just hell. I'm shattered and, oh, listen, and listening to you guys have been a highlight in my life as of late. I have listened to your Dark Souls playthrough several times. You guys rock. Thanks for talking at me every night. Uh, you are making this fight with my own feelings bearable. With any luck, I will be playing Dragon Age Inquisition with you guys. Please play Chrono Trigger. If you want a shorter, like a one episode, Ninety Nine Nights. Thanks again, your fan Brandon. Brandon, uh, th- sorry to hear that, Brandon. Yeah, that's as Will Smith once said, "There ain't no pain like that from the opposite sex." Yeah. I've been there. I've I felt it. I, I feel your pain. We've all been there. Trust me, I have been there myself. And um, I, the grass is always greener on the other side, man. Yeah, it really is. And uh, but I am I hearing hearing you say that, and hearing and seeing that getting that email brightened my day too. Because you know it, yeah. it, it's it's Same good to, it's good to know that people out there listen to us and they enjoy us. You know. And um, we love hearing from you guys. And uh, Chrono Trigger is yeah, a game that we really want to do. It's on there. I
1: I desperately want to play that game. If we
0: got thirty hours, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Chrono Trigger is a relatively long game, but he did suggest Ninety Nine Nights, um, which I have never played. Uh, I I, I want to say it's like into like a um, Dynasty War Dynasty War. Yeah, yeah, that's what yep. I was thinking. Uh, maybe more story driven um hopefully uh but yeah i mean those are two great great games that i think are already on our list of games to play actually so um chrono cross is actually a little higher on my list because i have never played chrono cross um i've played chrono trigger multiple times obviously on the super nes and uh i played on the ds because it came out they, they re-released it on the ds a long time ago, and I, you know, being the RPG guy that I am, I bought it day one and played through it on the DS and uh, really liked it. But I mean, I've played through Chrono Trigger at least three times. Mm. Uh, but and you've I never have,
1: played Chrono-, Chrono Cross?
0: I've never. I, honestly, I've seen a couple screenshots of it. I've never even seen that game played before. Um, I know a lot of people claim that you should look at Chrono Cross, n- not even in the same universe as Chrono Trigger. Well, that's
1: better for me if we do end up playing Chrono Cross because I have not played Chrono Trigger. I've started it three or four times, but I've always felt like it, it's an intense enough game that I would like to wait and see if we we're going to play it for this or play it with some other friends of mine that, that enjoy that type of retro gaming. Uh-huh. But I, I've never, I've never just sat down and said, all right, this is the time I'm finally going to play it. So I've never even really given it a fair shake
0: you talk talking about Chrono Trigger.
1: Chrono Trigger. In okay. Chrono Cross, I've, I've seen the cover, but l- like you, I've never even seen it played.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, th- that's definitely something we keep an eye out on. But, as everyone knows, and it's something we've been planning for a very long time, the next game on our list is Dragon Age Inquisition. I've put a lot of hours into Dragon Age Inquisition already. I've
1: put a lot of hours into thinking about Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs>
0: Um, my review is obviously live on the website right now. Um, I don't think there's a lot of controversy, but a lot of people are talking about my review. Um, I kind of want to preface this a little bit. I gave it a 10 out of 10. At ZTGD, a 10 out of 10 does not mean it's a perfect game. There are some problems with Dragon Age Inquisition. A 10 out of 10 means... It's a classic. This game will go down as one of the better games in its genre. And without a doubt, Dragon Age Inquisition will go down as one of the best RPGs of probably this generation and in the past probably five, six years. I mean, it is it is really, really good. I'm holding this game up there w- around with Persona 4. Uh, as far as how much I like that game. Um, That's a lofty companion. It is. And I think it's... um, It is a hell of a game. And it's going to be a hell of a game to do for Phoenix Down. Because this game is huge. This game is completely open. You can go to wherever you want to. Almost from the very beginning. Um, And it's going to be kind of difficult to talk about. But we're going to attempt it. Because... This is the year of Dragon Age, and we're going to do it. Um, I'm going to start a completely new character. In fact, before I got on the call with you, I started making my character for Phoenix Down, and it's still sitting at the character uh, creation screen. <laughs>
1: um,
0: But yeah, that's what we're doing. I am really excited for this. Me too. I know a lot of things that are going to happen, but that's okay because... Oh man, some shit goes down in this game, it's, it's crazy, so um, yeah, I'm really excited for that, um, but like I said, if you would like to leave us an email, uh, you can do it, uh, I it, well, my email address is drew at ztgd.com, uh, you can, like I said, you can suggest games to us, you can um, let us know what you thought of uh, Resident Evil Remake, did you play along with us, let us know, uh, Wait, be- yeah.
1: Before we leave Resident Evil completely,
0: uh-huh. is there any talk or any
1: even whisper of a rumor of possibly remaking Resident Evil 2 similar to the remake?
0: I have never heard it.
1: Like a full overhaul like this?
0: I wish, but I haven't seen anything. No. No. Me either. That That's so strange because when you look at Resident Evil 1 compared to Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 2 is com- fucking robust as hell. Yeah, I mean,
1: and a lot of people consider it to be better.
0: I think Resident Evil 2 is better. Um, the this the sheer fact that you play the game, like, there's a difference between Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2. If you play Resident Evil 1 as Jill and then go back and play it as Chris, you're essentially playing the same game just with a few extra characters and a few twists and turns here and there.
1: Yeah, it's probably three or four or five percent different.
0: Yeah, but when you play Resident Evil 2. And you play as Leon, and then when you finish the game, play it again as Claire. It is a completely different game. Uh, From the places you go, who you run into, there's this giant, tyrant kind of looking guy in a trench coat chasing you around the entire time. That was not even in the first playthrough. It's crazy. And it and and depending on who you start with first, so like the first p- play through A can be done with either Leon or Claire. So you can start the game as Claire and play it that way, and then switch over to Leon and have him being chased by Mister X.
1: That's how I did it the first time.
0: You had I played you, Claire, Claire, and, then Claire first and then Leon. It's easier that way because Leon has better defense. Leon can take more hits, I believe. Mm-hmm. He's got that, you know, he's got that uh, non-American police uniform on. You know, the one with the shoulder pads, kind of like what Jill's wearing. Yeah. We don't wear those over here. (laughs) (laughs) But um, apparently British people do and Japanese people do. Take that. So, but yeah, I I wish they would do a overhaul of Resident Evil 2. That's the one game that's never had an overhaul. In fact, the only time I've ever seen Resident Evil 2 even remotely, not even changed, but like ported was whenever it went to the N64, but it was basically the same thing.
1: Uh, You've never seen the port that I own then? Oh, really? It's a weird, like, those old LCD. I'm not even sure what the system is. It's like a Tecmo Tiger or something like that. It's this god-awful, horribly old touch screen portable video game system that jk just like gave me so you know i've got a soft spot for it and there's only one game for it and it's resident evil 2 (laughs) but it's like it's black and white it's it's this old lcd version of resident evil 2 it is weird really yeah it's awesome in its weirdness
0: (laughs) huh but you know i mean resident evil what was it 1.5 you ever seen that one yeah which is like a, almost a complete – they they basically made Resident Evil 2 and then scrapped it and then started over. And it had a different female lead. And uh, there was like an auto-aim and different areas of the police station you could go to. Yeah, but
1: that's like an unfinished project, right? I mean it, it was – Unreleased. It was like un- almost finished but
0: unreleased. I, from what I understand, it was about 80% finished. Yeah, I mean, this they, weird, like, portable yeah. thing is like a full retail release. It's weird. Huh. I think they did Resident Evil 2 for, like, the Game Boy Color or something like that. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I, I can't remember. There's been so many. But, yeah, there's never been a overhaul, which I wish. Maybe maybe Capcom are testing the water. See if this, uh, this re-remake does well. I'll be like, "All right, you want you like re-remake? We'll give you a remake of uh Resident Evil 2.
1: Or maybe it's like the Final Fantasy 7 that's often been clamored for and never never been uh promised or given to us."
0: That's true. We'll never get Res- we'll never get uh Final Fantasy 7 remake. Yeah. Never. <laughs> Ever. But uh but yeah. But that's it for us. Uh, follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at R-E-M-G-S. Um, you can follow the the podcast itself. is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, that's about it. Leave us an iTunes review. I haven't checked to see if we have any new ones. I'll check next time. But um, we may take a week off because Dragon Age doesn't come out for another week. Uh... So we might take a week off, play as much Dragon Age as we can, then record an episode talking about our characters, the introduction, stuff like that. Uh, We're going to be a little unorthodoxed with uh, Inquisition. We're going to be taking two weeks off in between each episode. Wait, two
1: weeks off in between each? So we're recording once every three
0: weeks? No, no, no. no. We're recording once every two weeks. We're, We're taking two weeks to get a recording out. Oh, okay. okay. All right. That's what I thought. You scared yeah. me there. No, 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 no. We're not doing that because uh, that would just be way too much information for one podcast. Um, but uh, we may throw in a few intermissions here and there, stuff like that. I'm going to try to get a few more guests. Maybe Jay can join me for an intermission or something like that. We had Justin on uh, last week, uh, our one, our newest guy for the uh, for the website. Uh, had a good discussion there too. Um, so I'm going to try and get a few. You know, special guest stuff like that. Matt, I'm sure if you wanted to, you can join us.
1: Yeah, I would love to.
0: And, uh, but yeah, we're gonna do that. Uh, we're gonna bust through Dragon Age Inquisition. In fact, that for all intents and purposes, that's gonna be the rest of the year. So you know spoiler alert for anybody who has not played Dragon Age Inquisition we will be spoiling the shit out of it so the best thing for you to do is and buy it immediately and play it <laughs> and buy heavily. it immediately and play it heavily that's the best way yeah but yeah that's um that's it for us we, we're yeah, done
1: got nothing else to need either though because I've looked I've spent a few times trying to look for Christmas themed games. Have you? Not a lot of good ones, I don't think.
0: No. In fact, I don't know of any. Yeah.
1: I guess maybe you could do a anything snow themed is about as close as you could get, probably.
0: Yeah. Snow, winter things. I'm drawing a blank on that too.
1: A winter it... Olympics game. Yeah, yeah. We could do winter
0: Olympics <laughs> this game sucks. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's it for us. We are finished with Resident Evil Remake. I pre- hope you guys enjoyed our Halloween episodes this year. I know we uh, we sure did because fuck.
1: It's, yeah, best Halloween we've had.
0: Yeah, it's three years in a row. We finally got one good. But uh, yeah, that's it for us. We appreciate everybody listening, and uh, until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. We'll catch you guys in two weeks. maybe we'll have an intermission show not too sure just yet but we'll be playing beginning the epic journey that is Dragon Age Inquisition.